Zippity-doo-dah, zippity-yay. My, oh, my, what a wonderful day. Plenty of sunshine coming my way. Singing zippity-doo-dah, zippity-yay. Mr. Bluebird on my shoulder. What? What the hell? Why did you do that? That was my favorite shirt. I hope you enjoy the show. The person I want to highlight today is Louis Boria from Brooklyn, New York. He has a company called Brooklyn Boy Knits. And he actually was one of the big inspirations for me when I started this down this path of meditating and the word I had kind of come up with the word already I just didn't know where, where it was floating around and or I all I had was it floating around in my mind and I didn't really have a place for it to land and when I started when I saw Lewis's story and started reading about him and watching him how he handled himself and what he was doing and, and with um, his skill set and his passion it was uh it became more real to me and i was able to really make it concrete the word meditating and so what i want to do is read to you uh an excerpt from an interview that he did to kind of give you an idea about what he's about and and uh why it was an excellent and well-timed uh experience for me to be able to watch him and listen to him helping me create the uh, the work that I'm doing or to, you know, solidify the word metastate and metastating. So here's an excerpt from, one of the, for an, from an interview. He says, What I've learned is that it doesn't matter if you're a male or female. Society puts us all in a box. Men are expected to do one thing and women are expected to do another. But now we live in a time where that should not exist anymore. There are men who do hair and makeup and are wonderful makeup artists, and even great male fashion designers. And when we think of fashion, we usually think of hair or makeup and then associate that with women. However, it's actually done mostly by men. Many women out there are great electricians and construction workers and even own and uh, even teach baseball teams. It's not about defining you as a male or a female. It's about the talent that was given to you and the passion that you have. That's how I think about my knitting. I'm trying to change the face of knitting so it's not just a gender-based thing to do. It's about loving what you do no matter what it is. My talent is not about being a man. It's about my knitting skills. Well, of course, people see me as a man because of the way I dress and I have tattoos and I have a beard. They They just can't make that connection. People stare at me a lot and I'm okay with that now because I know that I'm breaking down barriers. I know I'm not fitting the criteria that are associated with knitting, but that's okay. I love getting reactions from people. My message is very clear. Love what you do no matter what. And so when I first defined the word metastate, metastating, it was actively pursuing your life's passion. And Lewis was an excellent example of that, where he was pushing against cultural norms and society's rules about what men should be doing. And working through his insecurities about that and then coming out on the other side and saying, listen, just do what you love. And so that's just, you know, what I want to say to you. And that's the work that I'm doing. And, you know, actively pursuing your life's passion is part of meditating. The definition that I've settled on for now 
which you probably know because you're listening to this, is living life on purpose, um, despite cultural norms and society's pressures and our own insecurities and uh, limiting beliefs. So, Louis Boria, Brooklyn Boy Knits. Look him up. He's, he uh, knits some really cool stuff, and he does a lot of work with uh, neighboring schools in his area uh, to work on anti-bullying campaigns and teaching young people how to knit and be creative. And uh, he's worth a look and support if you're able. Thanks. It's getting late in the evening here for me, 8.30 or so, as I'm laying here looking at the dishes and the cleanup and reflecting on a day where half of us were here and the other half were in Texas and the quiet that is uh, everywhere right now, the peace and the way too much food that we cooked and, and uh, ate once again and the help that the two youngest in our family were offering and bringing for the day today. You know, we spent, I don't know, six or seven hours together cooking and laughing and listening to music and playing games. And as I was uh, trying to muster the energy to do the dishes, I started to reflect like I mentioned earlier, on what this day has meant to our family and to me and what I think it means to me now and moving forward what it's going to mean to me. And I have a few thoughts that I thought I would share. So all day I've been calling this Giving Thanks Day, not Thanksgiving Day. And the reason for that is because I have a really hard time with the history that is portrayed and written and um, highlighted on this day where the the Native American tribe in the Boston area, Massachusetts coast, sat down for a uh, a dinner with the colonists, called themselves pilgrims if they want to, but they're, they're colonists. They're uh, coming from another land to take over this place. And it's so diminished and um, romanticized as far as what really happened and what the stories are. And, you know, some of my ancestors were part of the Anglo-Saxon group that came across from Europe and took this land. And so I have this, this very complex set of feelings and thoughts about what does this day really mean? And on the surface, it's great to spend time thinking about what you're grateful for and 
and what you could do better. Those are all great things, and it shouldn't just be obviously uh, spent on one day, taking just one day to to do that. There are many, many, many times where it would be and is beneficial to do it. And I, you know, I posted something on Facebook today uh, that a friend sent me, and it was a list of uh, from somebody I don't know who it was, but they wrote down the, their kind of their complaints of the day or the week, and then instead of focusing on that, they turned it into, well, what does that mean? How 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 can I be grateful for that? And some of them were, you know. Oh, I got it. Like for me right now, for instance, I'm looking at the dishes. I told my two youngest children, don't worry about it. I'll finish cleaning up. And uh so they left. They grabbed their, you know, the leftovers and cleaned up some of their stuff, but uh, our, our dishes. And so I was looking at it and thinking, oh, my goodness, I got to clean all this up because I have to go to work in the morning. I won't have time, blah, blah, blah. And you can turn that into... I have, you know, I have food and I was able to cook all day and I'm grateful for uh, those things instead of just looking at the dishes and saying, oh my goodness, I got to do the dishes, you know, or, you know, it could be, oh, my car needs work. Well, you, I ha- I'm grateful to, to have the resources um, to be able to have a car. And so maybe you, you know, spend some time thinking about the stuff that are our, and, you know, we, we whine about or complain about and think, okay, what was the other side of it? You know, what, what could we be grateful for and, and spin it and, uh, change our perception. Uh, and so that's kind of what I'm doing more often in things in my life is trying to change my perception and, and part of that is doing some research on certain areas that I'm ignorant of. And one of them has been, um, the truth, uh, of what really not, I want to say what happened, but it's not happened. It's happening, you know, 400 years ago or more with the colonizing of this land and the stealing of this land from people that were already here. And I I feel, honestly, when I was doing research yesterday and today, learning more and trying to, to decipher and discern um, what made sense to me, a, a very deep sense of sadness. And then along with that, there's guilt and there's shame and there's anger. Um and wrapping all that up at the same time where I'm feeling grateful is very difficult to process. And I'm not exactly sure how to do it. I'm just going to keep um, trying to figure it out. And I don't know about you, but for me in the past, I've been able to, I guess you could say ignore, the the feelings or what I would consider to be the truth um, behind the stories. In this specific case, it's the Native Americans and 
what their lives are like and what the just hundreds of years of genocide, I guess you could say, removing them and their culture from this place uh, is... I mean, you can probably even hear it in my voice now or feel it in my tone. I just get lost. I'm like, how can I be grateful at the same time when I'm on land that was taken and is land even able to be taken? Do we, you know, do we actually own this land? Anyway, it's it's complicated for me. Uh, I'm sure some of you out there feel similarly, and so I'm trying to figure out. I, I really, I really don't think I can move forward. Getting back to what I was trying to say before, um, with knowing more and being more aware, and choosing to not be ignorant and choosing to not rationalize my feelings away or my behavior away to engage with this. And so what is this day? I mean, I can't, I can't spend the day thinking the same thing that I used to think. And it's, and it's nice to be with the family and cook and laugh and play games and, you know, have a feast. Those were all great things. Uh, I just am going to come about it in a different way with a different frame of mind, I think. And, and, uh, Part of the, my growth in the past decade um, has been, I, I'm not even going to say part of my growth. I think my lesson, the biggest lesson I believe that I will be learning for the rest of my time here on this planet is to learn how to engage with my feelings. I spent a lot of time trying to escape or ignore or suppress how I was feeling, and it caused not only damage to me mentally and emotionally, but physically. My body was, you know, there are certain things going on that my it was affecting my physical body uh, and the people around me, for sure. You know, I've mentioned before in other podcasts or in other videos that anger... I, I would say anger was my drug. It was my crutch. It was my escape. Uh, it was my way to not deal, even though it didn't work and it doesn't work. And so if I'm going to choose, which I am, to feel my way through this more than think my way through it, then this is one of those times that i choosing to not ignore. Uh, the other one, and the one that I think came... Uh, to me easier, uh, not any less profound, but easier uh, was, you know, choosing to finally just be vegan and not, um, try to think about, well, how is it going to affect this, this part of my life or these people in my life or what are people going to think or what are they going to say? Am I, is, you know, am I going to get into nutrition? All that kind of stuff. All that stuff doesn't matter to me at this point. Um, leading with my heart and my feelings and my emotions that um, the emotional guidance, I guess I could say, my intuition, there's no other choice for me at this point. 
I know enough. I've known enough for a long time. The, the, the process and the, um, suffering and torture that animals, um, face at the hands of us humans to be our food that I can't be part of it. You know, I, part of what I say to people when they ask me is, I, if, if I'm going to eat meat, then I should have the courage and the skills and the desire to kill the animal myself and engage with the process of taking life so that I can live. And I'm not willing to do that. I don't need to do that. There's, there's plenty of options out there. You know, on the very sp- simple, superficial side of things that, uh, makes it very easy for me or anybody to not eat meat. And there's so many other reasons as far as the global, you know, climate crisis or agricultural crisis where they, you know, the rainforest is destroyed to grow food for animals or the wastewater or the dust bowls that are being created in the Midwest because it's all um, being used to graze cattle and all these different things, you know, that aren't specific to the animal's life. Um, but my tipping point, my turning point where I realized I just can't stop, I just can't um, go, you know, hide anymore behind it is when I did my final research on eggs in the dairy industry, but specifically eggs in the process of creating chickens that would lay eggs so that we can eat the eggs. Um, and when I started, when I ch- finally chose to watch some videos and do some research and read and, and write to chicken producers or egg producers and, and things like that, that, you know, the, the pasteurized eggs and the, and the, the processes and, or the, the products, I should say, that you see in the grocery store that look like they are humane and all good and healthy for us and the animal. I, 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 you know, I reached out to some of those companies to get some clarification. When, when I realized what male chick culling is and watched some videos about it, there's, I, that was it. That was the last straw. I was like, okay, I cannot be part of this anymore. And so the reason I'm sharing this is to give a little bit more insight and a little bit more of my story about why I'm doing this work. I'm doing it from an intuitive feeling side of myself and less of a um, thought and driven by what has been set up in our society and culture to, you know, typically be the normal thing to do. I... I'm choosing to move in a direction that feels right to me. And so, you know, even though it really doesn't mean anything, calling it giving thanks day is my, one of the very small steps in mental awareness that I bring to what this day is about and what and how my ancestors got here and, and balancing the feeling between being grateful for everything that I have and, and have access to and where I am and feeling that guilt or shame from my ancestral past. Um, that's part of moving into my feeling side. And then obviously being vegan is completely moving into my feeling side 
and choosing to do things that really resonate with me and feel powerfully moving in the direction and it is right for me. And so that's also the work that I'm doing. And we all have our own way of doing it. And and my goal isn't to dictate anybody's or any of your um, paths in that direction. It's just to help highlight and maybe offer some skills and some support around helping you move in whatever direction feels best for you. Uh, I really think that the more of us that are doing that and are living uh, our lives on purpose and engaging with what really matters to us, regardless, which is hard, regardless of the other people in our lives that may not support that anymore or I never have or 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 are resistant to the change that you're bringing into your space regardless of those things um moving in that way uh to just be more at peace and feel freer and uh happier and just to smile more so now I have to go do the damn dishes because, well, yeah, no, I need to go do the dishes. So I was just reflecting and thinking and contemplating and thought I would share. So thank you for spending this time with me. Uh, I am grateful for that. Some of you out there have reached out more than once to share some thoughts and ideas and comments, and I really appreciate that. And I always uh, look forward to anybody that's willing to engage in this space with me. And even if you don't, I hope that some, you know, the people that I'm, I'm, uh, that are finding me or I'm finding or connecting with to chat with and talk with and share with you, um, in some way is at the very least just a nice time for you to spend and listen and learn and reflect. So here's to the last, uh, what, what, today's the 25th, so the last month and a little change there for till the next year. Good luck, be well, uh, hope you're staying healthy and that you're with people that you really want to be with, and don't forget to smile. See you next week.